This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to The Lobe Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Rich Pullen. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Hello, welcome to the Low Strangers podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. Well, Swindon Town's 2018-19 campaign is thankfully almost at an end, but the Low Strangers schedule will ramble on into the summer. The usual content for the Low Strangers will continue up until the end of May. So I'm hoping a few ex-players, at least a couple of ex-players, will be guests, especially for the 50th episode. And Ben will be back a few times for the review of April and May, a season review. And we'll probably do a bonus episode if the retained list is released after the monthly review, as I mentioned just before. It's been a long year, it's been a fun year, but hopefully the trivia episodes will get you through the long pre-season. My guest for this episode is Fede Bassoni. Fede is originally from Argentina and he moved to Europe as a child and it's there in Spain, where he was living, that he was noticed by a certain team called Barcelona. And he spent several years playing in their youth and development system before moving to Espanyol's equivalent in 2005. Fede had a loan spell in the Segunda Division before moving to the UK to play for Swansea City in 2008. 
after Swansea, played for Leeds and Charlton on loan, and he went back to Swansea for a second spell, playing only one game, but, you know, that was in the Premier League, so it can't be too bad for him. And then he joined Swindon under Paolo Di Canio in 2012, and if we're honest, and Fede will be the first to admit this, it wasn't the greatest and most memorable experience for him, but we talk about his several months playing for Swindon and training under Di Canio in that very exciting period in town history. After Swindon, he had short spells with Oldham Athletic and Sporting Kansas City in MLS, returning to England in 2014 to play for Millwall, and then he went home to Spain in 2016 to play in the lower leagues with Pratt, yes, Pratt, and then his current club as time of recording, Andorra in the Catalonia divisions. It's really, really fun talking to these guys because, yeah, they might have only played four or five games for Swindon, but there's so much more, and we'll we'll find all of that out during the episode. He played alongside some pretty impressive players and had some pretty fantastic experiences, and I hope you enjoy it, as always. Anyway, it's time to sound the hooter for the Low Strangers podcast. Enjoy. Hello. Thank you very much for agreeing to be a part of this podcast. Who was your favourite team when you were younger and who were your football heroes? Well, when I uh, when I was uh, eight, I moved to Spain, as you know, and I started following uh, Barcelona. You know, they, they used to play nice football, you know, the tiki-taka style, like, like we know. And that was my favorite, my favorite team when when I arrived. And then my heroes at that moment it was uh, Roberto Carlos, the left back of uh, Real Madrid, the Brazilian, mm-hmm. the Brazilian player. You know, so the, that that was uh, my demo. You know, I wanted to be like him, and I I wanted to perform like like he used to do. Yeah, and um, was there any clubs or were you following football when you were in Argentina? No, 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 I. I I didn't. I didn't follow nobody. It it sounds weird, but I moved to Spain when I was eight. You know, it was a a youth age, age. and um, I didn't even play football when I, I was uh, at that age. Mm. So that's that's the reason f- because I didn't I didn't follow. Even my mom and dad, uh, they don't they didn't like football. Mm. So they start liking football when when they just start following me uh, when I became a player. But before that, I used to go to school, you know, I even play football in the school, just used to play in the park with the lads, but nothing like, you know, uh, these days, lads, they start playing football with five, four, six years of age, you know, but for me, it was something different. I I didn't play football since since I arrived to, uh, when I arrived to Spain, when I was eight, like I said, I start playing football, so that's why I start following teams and I start liking players and and all that. And what were those early football experiences like for you? What, what do you remember from starting to play football for the first time in Spain? Well, the thing is, I start playing for my school, you know, because I, I was a, fer- a foreign player and I couldn't, 
I couldn't be in the Spanish Federation because of my of my paperwork. You know, I started playing the school five aside, uh, where we we became champions of of um, our our category. You know, and and that's why I started loving football. Uh, one year after uh, my paperwork was ready. And I started playing for my village, which was uh, Artesa de Segre, which is a, li- a little village in nearby Barcelona. So you're in Catalonia, which is a brilliant place to start playing football. <coughs> how how did you end up joining La Masia? I, like I said to you, I started playing for this little club, I've been, which I've been one year over there. And then I signed and I moved to Lleida, which is a bigger city. And I went, uh, I went to Athletic Segre. This is that was the the name of the team, and I've been five years over there, uh, playing playing you know a good level, and finally when I was 16 after five years in Athletic Segre, uh, Barcelona came and and asked for me. Uh, so obviously when when a club like Barca comes from for you, uh, there is no option. So I was more than happy. To, to, to join the club. And what is that youth system like? Because we hear a lot about it. Uh, it's a much celebrated <coughs> youth setup. How big is it? Well, the thing is, it's not easy because um, uh, I've been five years in, in Lleida, okay? And when I arrived to Barcelona, the level of the players, it was incredible. You know, it was unbelievable. I, I, I couldn't really believe it like I was myself in there with these lads training playing but uh, at the same talking I had to adapt myself you know for that change the idea of they they got the in Barcelona is you know the the, the style that they got the the rhythm that they got to play football to pass and move and and all these things this is what we used to do in in trainings you know um, which is not easy at the beginning because the rhythm the pace that you have to have in in trainings is really difficult. What's the day to day of the Barcelona setup like? Well, you know, you don't really you don't realize the style or or the things that that you do until you leave. So, like you know, I've been four years in there, enjoying, improving every single day, every season by season, and when I just finished uh, my four years over there. And I left to Espanyol, which I was lucky because it was another standard club, great club. But I realized how well we used to train, how well they were organized. You know, everything was prepared for a reason. Uh, you know, uh, we used to follow, everyone used to follow one idea. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is the key, you know, for a club, uh, for any club. Uh, but in Barcelona, they, they call it uh, ADN, you know. And for me, this is the key. When you start from from the base with uh, amazing coaches, all of them they were prepared. They, all of them, all of them they got knowledge. Uh, they know what they do and why they do it. And this is what they teach us, you know. Also, I've been lucky because I used to live in La Masia, so they look after us. Um, we were 16, but uh, we already were professional. Um, we used to go to school. In, in the afternoons because in the mornings we used to train so everything was and the setup was perfect you know so it makes you feel different also so everything if you put that all together it makes you you know 
that um, that Barcelona style. Who was in that system when you were playing at Barcelona? Well, you know, the number ten, the number the, the number one. So <laughs> <laughs> he he was unbelievable. You know, he he just came. I was when I when I played with him, uh, I was nineteen and he was sixteen. Okay, and he used to come to train with us, Rich, and he was amazing already. Obviously, nobody could imagine what he was going to do, you know, because if you think about it, it's something, the numbers that he got and he's still doing is something impossible to realize or to guess, you know. But he he used to come training. He never talks. He used to sit nearby me because I was Argentinian. He was Argentinian. We used to talk, like, not really, not much, because, like I said to you, he was um, a humble guy, and he was quiet, uh, he never talks to nobody, and he used to go there and talk in, uh, inside the pitch, you know, the, the, the skills that he had already with 16-year-of-age. Uh, it was amazing, amazing. So if, if Lionel Messi is walking down the Rambler and he sees... He sees yourself. Would he be like Fede? Remember me? And you'd be like, Yeah, I remember you, Lionel Messi. <laughs> I hope so, <laughs> uh, but I don't. I don't know, Rich, because he has played with a lot of people all over the way. Yeah. The thing is, you know, I'm in Andorra now, and Gerard Piquet is here. He used to come a lot to to see us. And one of the questions was because he Messi is involved also and and Fabregas, okay. I know Fabregas do remember me because when I used to play for Leeds, uh, we played against each other in the cup game. Uh, we played in the Emirates and then they beat us at Elland Road. And then we, we swapped shirts. But I asked Pique if um, Messi would remember me and he said yes. But I don't know if it's true or not. You know, I saw him last time. I saw him in, I think it was in 2011 or something like that, watching a game in El Mini Study. And we watched the game together, but it's been eight years after that. And probably he would remember me, but I'm, I'm not sure. Well, were there any others? Uh, in, in balls. Ah, well, at that time in Barcelona. Yeah, uh, yeah Iniesta, he used to, we used to live in La Masia. We used to live together in there. So, um, who else? Well, um, Sergio Garcia, which is the striker of Espanol. Yeah. He used to be my roommate. Juan Verdú, which was another uh, amazing player that we play in La Liga together. Now Ferry to the byline. De Vita! They have turned it around. Simon Ferry to the byline and he had the presence of mind to pick out Rafael De Vita. Barcelona you were playing in the Tessera groups what was the standard of football like there well it was really hard to be fair it was really hard because we were young lads 19 18 20 you know our ex- uh, most experienced guy was 20 21 maybe mm. uh, and we used to play against men you know they were 30 or maybe like myself now 35 you know with experienced guys we used to play amazing style at home because our our ground was amazing. But when we used to go away from home, uh, it was really difficult, man. The standard, maybe the level, it wasn't the best, but 
the intensity and the we used to play against the experience you know most of the of the games so we used to i remember we used to struggle to to win games away from home man because you you represented barcelona did that mean that the opposition these sort of 30 year olds wanted to kick you about a bit more than than maybe other teams yeah yeah and also rich the thing is uh, when you play against barcelona everybody wants to beat you mm. You know, you have that handicap, which, you know, there is no problem. But you know that uh, if you want to win, you have to run more than than the other team. And most of the times at home, the teams, they used to come and just, you know, uh, being like very deep and just wait, wait. And we used to play pam, pam, pam. And, and then finally, when you scored the first one, 2-0, 3-0, and then it was a little bit easy. But away from home, we used to play in little grounds that maybe we couldn't pass and the teams, they pressed us very well. So it cost us goals, you know, because also the style that we had, um, we, we, we couldn't play long balls, you know. We couldn't put that amazing balls that you love in, into the channel, you know, in, in the UK. Mm. So we used to, we had to, because if not the coaches, uh, they were angry with us. So we had to pass, pass, always. Whatever you go, whatever you do, we always had to pass the ball around, so mm. that that was the, the the biggest handicap for us. You are sort of on a on a nice rise because you're playing for Barcelona in the Tercera groups, but then you move over to Espanyol beats. But that's that's a promotion. It may not be a bigger club, a big club nonetheless, but it's a bit, it's a promotion in level because you're playing in the Segunda Division B. Um, did was did that feel like a natural progression for you? Was it was it a shame to lose? Was it sad to leave Barcelona, or was was it best for your career? No, well, uh, obviously now when I see it now, uh, obviously it was great for me. Uh, at that moment, to be fair with you, I was really disappointed. Why? I'm telling you why. Because when I finished my last season, I was captain in Barcelona C, and at the end of the season, they were preparing the Barcelona B team mm. for next season. So and I was there. They we we traveled to to in no to India no to Vietnam to play a tournament, and I played the tournament. We won the tournament. I performed well, and before I went on holidays, they said to me that they're really happy and they want me to resign, another two years deal for Barcelona B. I don't know what happened, and I didn't ask, but finally uh, they didn't sign me. So for me it was a frustration because I left the club in, on in when I was on holidays, uh, thinking that uh, I was going to resign. When Espanol rang me, obviously I I never thought that they they would ring me, uh, and it was a great great opportunity for me again because also uh, obviously you know Barcelona uh, is a massive club, and in that moment that I was in Barcelona, it wasn't easy. For the lads, for the young lads, you had to be Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, uh, players like that to go to the first team. You know, we we didn't really have uh, that opportunities that they had later on with Guardiola, for example. You know that he plays a lot of players from from the Barcelona B team when they were in Tercera also. So um, it, it wasn't easy the decision, but I had to take it. Because in my thoughts, they were, I thought like, yeah, I'm going to go to this team. Uh, we were in Tercera again, but we had an unbelievable players. So I spoke with my agent and I said to him, listen, I'm going to go over there. 
we are going to get promoted, I'm going to do well, and my, my, my idea was to play in the first team as soon as possible. So I went that season, Rich, when we won the, we won the league in Tercera with Espanyol, <clears throat> and we were promoted. Mm-hmm. And then, at the end of that season, when Lotina was the coach, uh, Pochettino was the player, Zabaleta was playing there, uh, Tamudo, Ivan de la Peña, players like that. Yeah. I went to play as a gift at the end of the season. Uh, I played the semifinals and the final of Copa Catalunya, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and then uh, everything changed. Uh, that season, I, I made the pre-season with the first team. I was training most of the days with the first team next, the year after, uh, where the coach was uh, Valverde, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, then... The surprise when, when uh, that second season, um, the first game of the season, uh, David Garcia, which was the left back, uh, was injured. So then on Monday morning, Valverde came to me and he hugged me and he said, listen, mate, uh, you will have to play on Sunday. Ooh. First game of the season at home against Nastic de Tarragona. Okay, and then I went like shaking a little bit, you know, my legs. And I went, okay, Gaffa, no problem. So then he started talking to me like, you need to be quiet, relax, like you do in training. You did an amazing pre-season with us. So I want you to be, you know, normal. I said, yeah, yeah, no problem, Gaffa. And I was like, fucking hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. So, you know, all the, the week went well. On Friday, I made my media uh, you know, because I was going to make my debut. And then suddenly, Saturday morning, the gaffer came to me and he said, listen, Fede, you cannot play tomorrow. I said, Gaffa, what happened? You said to me that I was going to play. And he said, no, 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 it's not about my decision. The problem is we got already three foreign players yeah. and you are the fourth. So you are not able to play. Oh, man. So then I, I nearly, I wanted to kill myself, you know. Because I was uh, Argentinian passport. I didn't have my Spanish passport yet. So that, that was... But listen, I was uh, sad because uh, I lost my, my, my opportunity to, to make my debut with the first team in La Liga, you know, which was my dream, my idea. But, um, you know, that season I, I trained with the first team. I used to play the friendly games always when we, we had to travel to France or even to Spain, whatever friendly games. Mm-hmm. Valverde used to call me and play and I used to train Monday to Friday with the first team and then at the weekend I used to play with my B team. So, you know, after that year I realized that how good it was that decision, you know. Mm. So after that, Rich, I at the end of this season I resigned my first professional contract, okay, with the first team, uh to, for two years. And what happened was the um, Valverde said to me, listen, Fede, for next season, if you have the passport, you are going to stay. If you don't have the passport, you, you will have to go on loan. So this is what happened. I didn't have my passport. I was doing it, uh, but I, it wasn't easy. So I had to go on loan to Nastic de Tarragona. That they, they just got relegated from La Liga and they, made, um, they were doing a nice team to get promoted again. So that season I played 18 games and in the second in the second part of the season we changed our coach and I just played one game. So at the end of that season when I went back to Espanyol um, the sport director that at the moment was um, 
uh, well, I don't remember now his name, but he said to me that I was I was I didn't play enough games. They weren't happy, so you know that that was the end with with Espanol. Mm-hmm. Now Richie finds Ferry, beaten away by Colgan. Oh, it's loose! It's Ferry again, and that has surely sealed Twindon's place in round two. Did you have any ambitions to play in the UK before moving to Swansea? No, no. To be fair, no. First of all, because I didn't speak any English. I didn't know anything about English. Nothing. Nothing. I couldn't even say my name. So that's why it, it was my last idea. I wanted to play in La Liga. I wanted to play in in the first team of Espanol or maybe in second division in Spain. You know, I didn't want to go abroad. Uh, also, I was young, you know, my mentality at that moment, you know, you know, the young mentality. Uh, you are relaxing nearby home, friends, girlfriend. I didn't want to really move, to be fair. But the the thing is, Rich, I have to tell you that I was lucky because the the in, during two seasons, I, I played with Willem Bauza, mm-hmm. Busi, you know, the Spanish guy. Mm-hmm. So he signed for Swansea. So he said to me, he the season before I went to Swansea, he he started calling me saying, "Listen, Fede, you need to come over here because this is unbelievable. The people, the the style, you will love this football because it's your style, box to box, you know. And and this is how how we start a little bit with Swansea. This is an era that managed by Roberto Martinez, and you've named Bowser, who I think is a doctor now, isn't he? I think he's all, certainly yeah. in, in medicine now. Jordi Gomez, Andrea Orlandi, uh, Angel mm-hmm. Rangel, uh, Pintado, Albert mm-hmm. Saran. So there was a huge community of Spanish speakers. I mean, yeah. obviously that, that helped you. Yeah, a lot. A lot. Also, the thing is, it's, I used to play with Jordi, uh, with Jordi, and well, with Andrea I didn't play together, but uh, I know him from before because we used to play against each other. Uh, I played as a teammate with Busi and Serran. Uh, it was it was amazing, man. You know, we 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 just went to to Swansea, and it looks like we're still in Spain. You know, also the style of of training with Roberto. Uh, the, the way that we used to play, it was something amazing, man. You know, it looks like we were in Barcelona or even Espanol, like playing tiki-taka in, in the UK. So it was great for me. And your first <coughs> manager, as I said, is Roberto Martinez. He later won an FA Cup as manager. He took Belgium to the World Cup semi-finals. What was he like as a manager and what made him more successful, I suppose, as a coach as he was a player? Well, uh, first of all, the way that he, he treated you, you know the way that he's, he's when he speaks with you, uh, the way that he talks, it convinces you. You know, and always the knowledge that he has, the experience. You know, he he's been a lot of years over there, and also he plays in Zaragoza, which was a great club in Spain at that moment. And you know that experience that he had as a player, plus his personality, it helped him a lot, a lot. You know, also. He has a great staff, which is Graham Jones. Mm-hmm. We used to call him Bona. You know, he was the 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 mad dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he, he used to be the big dog. Like he, we, if we perform well, uh, Roberto was always, guys, come on, do this. We need to try to do that. And then Gaffa, can I talk for a minute? 
And then he went, yeah, when I go on, you are fucking this, you are fucking that. Uh, you know what I mean? And he used to fucking press us really hard, man. But it was good, you know, because one of them, they were a gut, the good guy and, and the other one was the, the bad guy, you know. And and that that role that they had together um, with the knowledge, like I said, and that they had already, they knew the league, they knew the players, and 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 that's why they they success. Obviously now, uh, after so many years, he just keep improving. You know, when you are at that level, you learn a lot of new things, new experiences, new people, uh, a lot of people that they help you, uh, and you learn from it. You know what I mean? So I'm really glad. I'm really happy to see uh, Roberto and his staff because you can see a person rich. Um, he's still with his people. You know what I mean? He didn't change nobody from his staff. Everybody's exactly the same people. So you can see uh, which kind of person is, you know. And that Swansea squad is very strong for a football league side anyway, because it's just before the Premier League years. So you've got people like Joe Allen, Ashley Williams, Nathan mm-hmm. Dyer, Leon Britton, Jason Scotland. Did it feel like Swansea were on like, the brink of the Premier League while you were playing for them? It was a, it's like the, the year that um, it was weird for me, Rich, because I left Swansea. I went to Leeds, okay? Mm-hmm. And because I never would imagine, honest, I'm honestly with you, I'm going to be completely honest, I would never imagine Swansea going promoted to Premier League, you know? And that's why I decided to move mm-hmm. to, to Leeds United, you know, the, the history that they have in the club and all these things. But obviously, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I was really, really happy for my old teammates that uh, for the club because they treat me very well that they got promoted to Premier League. And also, they give me the opportunity to go back to Swansea, even if I play little game. Uh, um, they, I, I didn't play the games that I wanted to play, but uh, I was really pleased and, and obviously uh, been uh, very grateful because they signed me back. And the standard that the players we had in Premier League that first season, it, to be fair with you, like if you compare with the other teams, we were average, you know. And that season, well, the thing is, the first thing is, Brendan Rogers is, I don't know, but he's an amazing coach. He's an amazing coach. He's, the way that he used to work, and the way that he used to talk with the players, uh, you know, he, he the work that he, he did at Swansea was unreal, unreal. So, and these lads, you know, Ashley Williams, I saw him when he, uh, well, he arrived three months before me in 2008, but uh, I saw him, his progression as a, as a player, and it was unbelievable. He was, uh, you know, a, a guy that he, he came from Stockport, yeah. yeah, strong center half, you know, uh, not really comfortable with the ball. And then after two seasons, man, it was unbelievable. I saw Ashley Williams play for Stockport County and they were a rubbish side. And yeah, no, no, I know. It was crazy. Yeah, and I, I, know, I know that because one of the most beautiful things in football is uh, the relationships that, that you get no, in, in, in the way, during the way. And one of the, well, he's my one of my best friends, you know, not even in football, in life. I'm still talking to him and, you know, he has an amazing family, his wife, uh, his children, you know. Um, and 
he used to tell me, you know, like Fede, we were rubbish. We 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 didn't play much. Like we couldn't pass the ball, just put the balls in the channel and chasing the ball. And and then that's what I'm saying, Rich, that the progression that I see, for example, in in Ashley, uh, you know, and finally uh, he had the opportunity to go to big clubs, and then finally he went to Everton, which you know is is for me as a friend. Is something it looks like it was for me. Do you know what I mean? So I was really, really, really happy for him. In your first spell at Swansea, you were also managed by Paolo Sosa, another huge name as a player in the '90s, winning the Champions League with Juventus and Borussia Dortmund. What was he like as a coach? It was really good. The problem was uh, he had a little bit of barrier in in his uh, way to explain things in English. You know, at the beginning it was it was difficult for him. You know, to try to to connect with the players, um, but for me, uh, at the beginning it wasn't easy. It, it wasn't easy because when he arrived, he said to me that he didn't want me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, okay, Gaffa, thank you for your honestly, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to to find something else. So, but what happened was uh, I I wanted to stay in the UK. And I, I didn't find anything, so I had to wait like maybe a month. And after that month, I was on the stand, not even on the bench. And what happened was our left back, and that moment was Marcus Painter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went injured. He he done his ligaments, you know. And unfortunately, in football, you know, for one people is unfortunately, and for me it was, you know, it was my luck because after that. We didn't have another left back, and I had to play. So I played a cup game, and we won the game, and then I made an assist that game. So after the game, Paulo Sousa came to me and he said, "Federico, you want to play under me?" I said, "Yeah, Gaff, of course." So we need to work a lot of things. He said to me like this, you know, and I said, "Okay, Gaff, no problem." So it's been like during two months, in every single session, Rich, stopping the sessions, and and asking me questions like, why you are doing this? Why you are doing that? You know, in defensively moments, because going forward, I was a good player, you know, but I had a lot of problems in at, at the defensive moment. So for me, it made a big, big change in my career uh, because he teach me how to, to be on the, on the field, how to approach a 1v1 situation, what to do when the ball is, was in the other side, being focused uh, most of the part of the game. And that, for me, Rich, that was my best season by far, you know. Yeah, and it, it gets you three. It gets you a three-year deal, but from Leeds United. And as you said before, mm-hmm. you don't expect uh-huh. Swansea to progress, but a club the uh-huh. size of Leeds is expected to come good eventually. You've got players like Casper Schmeichel in goal, and it, yeah. it looked like, oh, it's, it's, it's an amazing move for you, isn't it? Well, for me, it was a dream. You know, I used to watch um, Leeds United playing the semi-final of the Champions League. Yeah. You know, so when they, when my agent rang me saying, "Listen, Fede, we have the opportunity to go to um, to Leeds United," uh, Paulo Sousa at, the, at that time he said to me, "Wait for me because I'm gonna sign for Leicester City." But uh, you know, I said, "Listen, Paulo, I got this deal on the table." Uh, and I think for me, Leeds, this is what I was looking for, you know, to go to a big team, to try to get promoted to Premier League. That was my dream at that moment. And there's plenty of 
great players in there. The one that I want to focus on is an ex-Swindon player, Billy Painter, who's known as a bit of a character. What are your memories of Billy? Ah, Billy, great guy, an amazing guy. Uh, unfortunately, Billy, he wasn't lucky that season, man, because he came from Swindon scoring like, pff, I don't know how many goals he scored, man. The, you know how football is, man. Uh, he, he didn't score. Uh, he started playing and he, he didn't score, you know. And when when you get that pressure, uh, he frustrated himself a little bit. And then he, he picked up a, a big injury. I think it was in his ankle, uh, you know. But uh, the memories that I have uh, from Billy, you know, is a, he was a great, great guy uh, in the dressing room. He was funny. We used to joke all the time because, you know, I like to joke too. And I, I was, I had an amazing relationship with Billy Man. Now Leeds United have a huge fan base, and they're currently struggling to get promoted still into the Premier League under your fellow Argentine Bielsa, and they're getting a little bit nervous. There's a lot of expectancy when it comes to Leeds United. What were your experiences of that fan base like? Well, my experience, to be fair with you, uh, it wasn't the best mm. because, you know, uh, I couldn't find myself over there. Which, uh, I realized the, the, this, that that was, in that team, I realized what the English style was, you know, because when, when I went over there, uh, we started playing, but it didn't went well. So we, t- we tried to pass and move, but it didn't, it didn't go well. So I remember after 10 minutes at home, the first game of the season, we were losing to nil down. Uh, we were to nil down against Derby County. And, and we just, after 10 minutes, we changed the style of playing. You know, we just started, we've been all pre-season passing and moving, passing and moving. And, and because uh, 35,000 people, they were, ooh, you know, chewing us and crewing us. And the gaffer said, just play long balls. So... It does uh, for me as a you know as a as a player uh, I couldn't adapt myself to that style like I used to you know I've been in Barcelona Espanol Swansea in Nasty de Tarragona and we used to play all the time so I and that's why I'm saying to you that I realized what English football was because we used to pass the ball only to Casper Schmeichel and he used to smash the ball to Luciano Vecchio. So I remember when I used to go to pick the ball, the ball was over me already. And when I used to go to get the ball, the ball was gone from the, my center half to the other side. And, and I, like I said, it looks silly when I explain that to people. But um, it's, it's something quick to understand that I couldn't, I couldn't adapt myself to that style of football, you know. Well, that results in a loan move to Charlton. It's another big club, but they're mm. especially at the level they were playing. They don't have the greatest yeah. of season, but you get games, which is the most important yeah. thing. Did you have options to stay with Charlton during that time? Yeah, 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 yeah. I to be fair with you, what happened was in December uh, I had the opportunity to go back to Swansea on loan. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had a conversation with, what was his name, my coach, um, Simon Grayson. And he said to me that he couldn't allow me to uh, go back to Swansea because we were fighting for the same objective. But I said to him, listen, Gaffa, please, 
you don't want me here. I know I, I perform well when I play. I, I completely understand. I'm not talking about that. But please, let me go. He said no. That He said to me that I had to go on loan to be a below category, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the reason that I went on loan to Charlton, okay? And, and I was really happy. You know why? Because it was an English style, uh, because we had Chris Powell as a coach, and I really enjoyed. He gave me the confidence back, which I was something that I was missing. And he was a left back when he used to play. He told to me, listen, Freddy, you are an amazing guy. You are an incredible player. I don't know what you're doing in League One, but I want you to play for me. So I played that season. Like you said, we didn't perform well. I think we finished 10th or something like that that, that season. Uh, but for next season, he said to me, when we end the season, I want to finish, um, when we finish that season, I want you to be here next season. But to be fair with you, Rich, I know the, the club was massive and the facilities, they were unbelievable. The stadium, the people, they love me. They treat me really, really well. But I'm still having two more years contract in, in Leeds and I was in championship. This is what I wanted to play. And also that experience helped me to realize what I had to do in Leeds, you know, so I went on holidays, come back to, to Leeds, and I start the pre-season like a plane, like a plane, you know? I was flying. So the gaffer came to me and he said, Simon Grayson, Freddy, this season you are going to play for me because I can see you like you are flying. And then unfortunately, my friend, uh, two weeks before we start pre-season, I went injured. So they signed another, he was a center but he could play as a left back also. And then, you know, I, I decided to go. And then the last day of the window, uh, Swansea rang me. I was I remember I was having lunch with Luciano Vecchio in Fazenda, in Leeds, in a restaurant, Argentinian restaurant, well, Brazilian. And my agent rang me saying, listen, mate, would you like to come back to Swansea? And they just got promoted, you know, to the Premier League. I said, come on, man. <laughs> and I just, I, I left my lunch and I get my car and I went to Swansea in maybe in two hours, like <laughs> 200 miles per hour, man. You know, so that that was not the the the, the story. You brought in essentially as cover for Neil Taylor. Were you happy with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, I I remember. I I just remember that I came from League One, you know, because the gaffer didn't want me in Championship, mm. and you know they signed me back to, to play in the Premier League. And not even that, also my first game was, I was on the bench at the Emirates, you know what I mean? So I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine that, Rich, as a, as a football player. I thought, I, I, I'm not going to say to you that my career was gone because I had two more years contract in Leeds United, which was a great club. But, you know, in football, if you don't play, later on it's, it's, it's difficult to find a place, you know. So I, I I didn't I didn't care if I had to be a second left back or no. I just wanted to fight for a place, and and wait for my for my chance to play. And as, as you said before, Brendan Rodgers was a was a good people manager. Mm-hmm. He was a great guy. Even you know I was every Sunday on the bench, and because Neil Taylor uh, was playing really well in a very high standard, you know, and when somebody's playing well. Uh, I am I'm my my way the, the the kind of person that I am. Uh, I was happy for him because 
uh, with Tails. I'm still having, you know, good relationship when I see him, if I ask him a favor or something. Um, I always, you know, had great relationship with him and he was a great guy and I was happy for him, you know. So, um, obviously, as a player, I, you know, I wanted to have more chances, but uh, always the, the gaffer used to come to me and Fede Weldom and keep working. I know it's difficult, the situation, but you need to keep working because uh, it's a long season and you never know when, when your chance is, is going gonna, is gonna to come. You get that Premier League, that top flight appearance, considering the injuries you suffered and the seasons in the lower leagues in Spain and what happened to you mm-hmm. at Espanyol. You must have been tremendously proud to have managed to play at least some top flight football, no matter how brief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a dream for me. It was a dream. When I left Espanyol to go to to Swansea, uh, my dream was to play in the Premier League. Obviously, everybody says that, you know, and also when you go to below leagues, it's not easy. But, you know, I've been really lucky. I went over there. I play. Uh, Neil Taylor got injured the last 10 minutes of the game. We were winning 3-0 uh, already. And I came in at the 89th minutes, but they went like 11 minutes off at the time. Mm-hmm. So I had, you know, I played nearly 15 minutes in, in Premier League, which for me was a dream. Also, it was an easy game because we were <laughs> battling them 3-0, passing, moving, crossing, you know. Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed my, my debut in Premier League. And uh, Like I said to you, obviously, I wanted to, to play more, more games, more minutes, but Tails was playing was playing in a good level, so nothing nothing that I, I couldn't do. Yeah, and Rogers leaves for Liverpool and he's replaced by Michael Laudrup, a legend uh, of football, of course, with Barcelona and Denmark, amongst other teams. What mm-hmm. were your feelings when he was appointed? Well, the thing is, when when I, I seen that, you know, for a player that he, he wouldn't be, he wasn't involved or I didn't play the, the, the minutes that I... I wanted to play. It presents you another opportunity, you know, new new coach, uh, new opportunities, and I wanted to to show him that I was ready to play. Mm. And what happened that season, my friend, was that uh, Tails was in the Olympic Games or something like that. I don't know what yeah. happened that season. Yeah. And then we had Ben Davies. So um, I went to spoke with the gaffer in, in preseason because the last game of preseason I didn't play a minute. And I said, Gaffa, what, what happened? I, I made something wrong. I did something wrong. Or, and he said, no, listen, Fede, you know, um, we are going to play Ben Davis. Uh, I said, come on, Gaffa. I was 29 or 30 years old at that moment. And I said to him in Spanish, because he used to, he, he speaks uh, perfect Spanish. So I said, Gaffa, when I was uh, 18, 19, like he is, uh, with all my respects, they used to say to me, no, you know, the experienced guy is, is the one that is going to start playing. And and now you are saying me that, well, he said, apparently he said that the orders, they come from from the, the man, from the chairman, and they had to play him. I said, okay, no problem. So, obviously, my mind was gone. Uh, I was waiting for that chance. And, you know, I was, obviously, I keep training really hard and waiting for my chance that uh, after two months I was really tired to be in the on the stand again I didn't play the season before so uh, I decided to to finish my contract 
and look at what is life like that uh, after I break my contract with Swansea, the day after, that was a Friday, the day after, Neil Taylor done his uncle mm. for the whole season, you know, and I'm not saying that I would have the opportunity to play, unfortunately for, for Tails, but maybe I would have a chance, you know, yeah. because my last conversation with Laudrup was, Fede, you are training really well, I'm really happy with your attitude, maybe I'm going to give you a chance, you know. Mm. But because I was really tired of that, I've been with Brendan Rogers all season saying me that, which I was happy, but I didn't want to stay another season with playing maybe one, two games again. brings us to Swindon Town. So you joined Swindon in August 2012. It was originally going to be a loan move, according to the press. You'll be able to clear that up in a moment, but it turned into a six-month permanent deal. How did Paolo Di Canio convince you to join Swindon? Well, I had I have to tell you, Rich, that I had the opportunity to go to Cordoba. They were in Segunda at that moment, okay, on, on loan. Mm-hmm. But I decided that I wanted to stay in the UK. Also, the, the, I just finished with Swansea and uh, the idea was to go on loan until Christmas. But I said, I don't want to go on loan. I just want to go because I'm tired of being here without playing a minute. I don't feel important in this project, so which was normal because I was an, no, no, nobody. Mm-hmm. So um, he rang me saying, the Sony, we're going to win the league. Um, we are going to play good football and also at that moment they were top of the league when I went on loan uh, when I moved to, to Swindon but I realised later on Rich that that was one of my worst decisions in, in my whole career and also in my life as a person mm-hmm. because Paolo Di Canio uh, I don't have enough words to tell you how can a bad person he is mm-hmm. you know uh, I'm not talking as a coach because as a coach he had knowledge because of his experience. Mm. Um, he, the things that he used to tell us, they, they made sense. You know, the, the knowledge, like I said, he, he was there. Mm. But the way, the way that we used to be there, it looks like we were in the army, or even worse. You know, the way that he treated us, the way that we used to, he, he talked to us. The sessions that we used to do, they were like crazy sessions, like running all day, no ball in in the middle. And pff, honestly, man, I, I I was really, really sad because, you know, I've been the, the, the season the season before, I didn't play, a, I just played maybe three games in the whole competition. Uh, that season, Michael Ladru came to me and saying that Ben Davis, uh, he had to play. And then I, I break my contract and then Neil Taylor, he got injured for the whole season and they, they didn't have another left back uh, apart from Ben Davis. And then I go and I find this crazy guy, you know, and I, I, I wanted to kill myself. At, at some point, I used to say to my wife, I honestly, I just want to finish football. 
And this is what happened, Rich. It went Christmas, and one month before, I picked up an injury, and I said, listen, Gaffa, uh, thank you very much, but, you know, I I don't want to play anymore. I Don't don't pay me uh, this month. I just want to go home. So this is what happened, Rich. I just spoke with them. I said, thank you very much, and I just went back home. This is what I wanted to do. Finish football with, I think I was 29 or nearly 30 years of age. I don't remember now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one of those eras in Sweden history where there were players who either just, you know, they, they fully invested in it or players that really didn't adapt. You came in at the same time as Darren Ward, John Bostock, Adam Rooney, Giles Koch. Oh, we were just herding players in. What, what was the feeling amongst the squads during this time? No, well, nobody was happy. It, nobody was happy, even even the player that they were playing. Mm. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story, probably you know, but my first game uh, with Swindon, I was on the bench, okay, because I arrived to Swindon on a Friday, and f- I don't know for what reason. It was um, a national, and I don't know what happened in Preston that we couldn't play on, on a Saturday. We had to change it for security reasons to a Sunday. So I tr- I traveled with the, to uh, with the team to to Preston and I was on the bench and that was the game that he changed West for Derringham after 18 minutes, yeah. you know and I went to the bench at halftime and I couldn't believe it, I couldn't believe it man he went in, he just got the um, the bed where we used to get the massage, and he just threw it against Flint you know Flint the center half, yeah. so he just threw it against him. He smashed the 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 hot the hot thing to the you know the to the how do you say well everything he was kicking bottles throwing bottles to the players shouting what is he what is Wes what is Fotheringham I'm gonna kill him hey, if he doesn't say sorry I'm gonna kill him like this man I never saw something like that so and that was every single day every single session you know. And it was like, like I said to you, it was worse than the army man, worse. And the the, the lads there, they went, they, they. You, I remember we 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 went, uh, you know, the Christmas party that every every single team is allowed to do when you can do it, you know, when you are off. So we had to tell him that we we never have done the Christmas party. We made it by ourselves, like you know, that nobody no, knew. So imagine the, the kind of guy that he was, man. The, the lads, we used to laugh because also we had Raffaele De Vita, which was an Italian guy, which I'm still talking to him. He's a great, great guy. Yeah. Um, he's, he's Italian. So when when Paolo used to finish the, the meetings, he used to stand up and start talking like him. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember now, and I'm, I'm laughing because he was funny, man. Hey, lads, lads, he's in here. He, like, he, you know, he used to talk like that. And with the lads in the in the group, he, because the lads, they were amazing. We we had uh, unbelievable players, you know, but the lads, they were amazing. And we used to be like, it, that, that cannot be possible, man. That things, they cannot be happening. So it was some unreal rage, honestly. Unreal, this guy. Who else were you uh, quite friendly with during your time at Swindon? I had relation. Rafaele De Vita was my best mate mm-hmm. because we used to stay always together. And who else? After that, 
uh, outside the, the dressing room, I, we, we only stayed together uh, with Rafa. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the, at the dressing room, you know, Gary Roberts, he was a, he was a great guy. Um, who else? The left back, Jay McEvely, was a great guy too. We had an amazing relationship. Um, who else we had? John Bostock was a great guy. You know, Adam Bruni also. Yeah. And we used to go for dinner to Fratellos, you know. Um, the right back, what was his name? The right back and the... Joe. Joe? Is it possible? Joe? Oh, and the center half? Joe De Vera, yeah. Joe De Vera, yes. He was a great guy. What was his name? Um, the center half. Also, he was a great guy. We oh, used to go Troy to... Archibald Henville. Yes, Troy. <laughs> yeah. Troy, man, he was a great guy. No, no, honestly, I, 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 at the dressing room, we were like amazing guys. We used to play online together, also PlayStation. We just, you know, so it was, it was a great, great atmosphere uh, in the dressing room. And also, who we had Adam Rooney. Yeah. Who was the other striker that we had? James Collins. James Collins, great lad. Yeah. Uh, we... uh, yeah, Benson, man. Gary, yeah. yeah, Paul. Oh, Paul Benson, man. What a great guy. What a great, great guy, Paul Benson. Legend. <laughs> legend, legend. Honestly, man. Yeah. What, what made him a legend? <laughs> His personality. Yeah. And also, when he used to play, he was under pressure all the time because Paolo Di Canio is, was a fucking busy man. I'm sorry for the word, but he was really, really busy. Honestly, I. I met persons in, in this career, but this lad, he was um, unbelievable as a person. He was great. And as a player, he was a great player. You know, he had amazing experiences in a lot of teams also. So It's it's very sort of awkward from a fan's perspective because we see success at this time. So I think in many ways, fans don't really care what the players are going through behind the scenes, don't they? Because they see the success on the field and therefore they... They believe that everything is well behind the scenes and whatever De Canio is doing is, is good. But that can have a mental strain on the squad, especially when he's doing that sort of militant um, approach to management. Yeah, yeah, it was... I, to be fair with you, I didn't know how we used to be. Because at that moment, after Christmas, um, we, we went... I left, and after that... We were we went like top of the league. Mm. Uh, I remember that season, Tramer, uh, in Christmas, they took us like maybe 15, 20 points. Mm. They were top of the league, and then they pick up injuries and and I remember Paulo De Canio. He used to say, "Listen, guys, these guys are average, average team. We are gonna beat them and we are gonna catch them and we are gonna win the league." And and this is what happened. That's why I'm saying to you, like his knowledge, he knew the league. And but the way that he used to talk to us and treat us and you know it wasn't it wasn't right man. Mm-hmm. And finally, they didn't win the league, but they got the when well when the the funny thing is Rich that kills me is that when he left the club, they were top of the league before he went to Stoke. Do you know what? I, no, sorry, to Sunderland. Yeah. So before he went to Sunderland, and I couldn't believe it, man. Like we. We never do anything at training, just shape, 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 shape with no ball. Maybe Monday to Thursday, no ball, no day offs. I don't believe in day offs, guys. I believe in improve. We need to train to improve. And the lads, you know, they were dead, man. 
you know, mentally, physically, they were dead playing Monday to Saturday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. The last day were really, really tired, man. And that's why the last, uh, the last part of the season, mentally and physically, the lads, they were, you know, they finished fifth at the end, I think. And then they lost, I think they lost against uh, Yeovil. So we finished sixth and we lost against Brentford and Yeovil won the whole thing. So you'll leave the club at a time where the bubble hasn't burst yet. So Tecanio's still there, the money was still being heavily bankrolled before the big conclusion in, in March and April. Um, was there yeah. any signs that things were going to go badly or was everything moving along? Well, the, the, the thing that we, we were asking us ourselves uh, in the dressing room was, like, we were in a lot of money, man, in League One, in a little club like Swindon. I remember uh, people were, when, were earning, like, three and a half grand a week, four and a half, we had players like they were earning five grand a week that season, and obviously we had an amazing team because we had uh, very good players, players on loan from Tottenham, you know, uh, from Ch- Charlton, uh, you know, teams like, players like they were earning a lot of money, and finally you could see that uh, that something wrong was going to happen because always. When he when we used to miss a chance, Rich, he used to turn and look up to the chairman and say to him in front of everybody, "I need a striker. I need a striker." Imagine, like you know, you cannot bring more players. He he bring like hundred players in two seasons, man. Yeah. That that was some for in one way or, or, or to the other that has to explode, you know, at the end. So we yeah. were thinking in that, to be fair. So it's really interesting that you say that the players were like, how long can this last for? But as long as you're getting your pay on time, I, I suppose it's... it's yeah, it's no, not no, really no, obviously. Concern, but, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you definitely, there were definitely signs before you even joined Swindon that, you know, his way of dealing with problems with the team was to just bring more players in um, and then and then get rid of whoever. Now, I mean, you play five or six times for Swindon and it doesn't go well, does it? I mean, I, I remember seeing you play, I think it was your first home game against Leighton Orient, but fitness issue there as well. The thing is, my first game with Swindon, it was a cup game yeah, against sure. Oxford. Yeah. Yeah, and we battled them, to be fair with you. But we lost finally that game 1-0, okay, in a set pieces. Mm. But uh, after that, that was on a Wednesday. And then on Saturday, I had to play against, against Leighton Orient at home. Like, we, it was a really hot day that day, I remember, Rich. We performed like rubbish. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, we had chances to win that game. But you know how football is. Leighton Orient, they pick a one chance. And they beat us one nil. I think it was the the score sheet, but I don't I don't remember properly. But you know, if, uh, if I always say the same to the to the lads, I was I was saying to them, if I would imagine that this guy was like this, I would have never signed for for Swindon Town, never. Deep delivery, and it's back across goal, and it's off the line. Incredible, Swindon players are celebrating. The bench was celebrating, but the ball didn't cross the line. Is it Shaden Logan on the line? It certainly is. What an incredible clearance, because he's actually stepped off the post that he was marking. And it goes again. This time it's in. Aidan Flint. 
although it was only five or six months, not even that at Swindon, can that damage a career significantly or or was it injuries that resulted in, in what happened after Swindon? Well, it, it was a little bit of everything, you know, because when you mixed, when you pick up, when you are playing and you pick up injuries and when you, when you think that you are going to play because you are fine and they decide not to play you, uh, when you go to a place that the coach is a crazy guy, and the way that he talks and you know I was really tired of all these things already and financially I was uh, you know thanks God I was fine so you know I just wanted to 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 finish man I just I wanted to decide to and that moment I I talked with my wife I said enough Mm. I'm just gonna go back home I had already my I got two children now my boy he just had like maybe eight months or something like that when I was at Swindon. Mm. And I decided, I said, listen, I'm just going to go home, enjoy with my son, have another one, you know, and, and look after my family. Mm. So that was my, my mentality at that point, Rich, after all these bad experiences. Yeah, post-Swindon, you have kind of two careers. Um, it, it, it kind of continues where you go to Oldham and you don't get... Um, any time because you're trying to sort of get fit and then you go to the USA to um, you get a contract with Sporting Kansas City and then you come mm. back to to England to play for Millwall another big club and you get a couple of games there yeah. but you're yeah. I mean so from what you're saying to me it sounds like you're you're sort of in between thinking whether you want to play this sport anymore and um, yeah. and and trying to see whether you can play this sport anymore, so you're, because of injuries and, and fitness, so you're mm-hmm. so it, it was no surprise then really that you sort of had a couple of years off after Millwall. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna explain quickly to you, Rich. The thing is, when I left Swindon, I didn't wanna play anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that was the the idea. But then one agent rang me from the UK, saying that, "Hey, Besoni, how are you doing?" I said, "Listen, mate." I just finish. I don't want to play anymore. No, no, Besone, you are at this, you are this. Listen, if you want to do something with me, when you have a team for me, ring me. Don't text me. I spoke with this. I spoke because I have so many people that they were doing that for me and I didn't want to know anything mm. about them. So that was in January for my birthday, at the end of January. One month later, I was in the zoo in Barcelona with my wife and my kid. And this guy rang me. Listen, mate, Jono, uh, Lee Johnson, which was the, the the coach, was the coach at Oldham. Mm-hmm. He said, "Listen, uh, do you want to play that month that uh, they are they are playing for relegation?" I said, oh, "I spoke with my wife, and it, and my wife said, come on, man, you miss it a lot. Why you don't go and try? It's a month." So I went there and I, I signed for a month. I met Lee Johnson. I was fit, to be fair with you. And my second session, when I signed the contract, um, someone smashed me in a training session and he made a tear in my calf. So imagine, my friend. Imagine what 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 do you think? What's the rest of the story? <laughs> I went to Lee Johnson. I I said to see, I said to him, Gaffa. I hand, I give him my hand, hug, hug him, and say thank you very much for this opportunity. But I'm leaving. I'm going home. 
He said, no, Fede, you have a contract, don't worry, stay. No, 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 Gaffa, honestly, I don't want to lose your money. I don't want to lose your time. And, you know, I got my family in, in Spain, you know, no worries. So that was the story with Oldham for them for two weeks mm-hmm. or maybe a week. I don't know. I don't remember uh, exactly. But then this guy that rang me, the agent, he said, no, 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 no. You are not leaving back home because if not, you are not going to be fit for next season. And that was in May. Okay. So this guy, uh, he invited me to stay in his house. He he lives in, in Manchester. And he said, don't worry. You are going to you are gonna go to train with Barry. They were in League One at the moment. Yeah, in League One and they got relegated. So uh, you are going to go to Barry because Kevin Blackwell is my friend. And you are going to be training there. So this is what I did. I went I went there. I made the preseason with Barry in League Two, you know. Mm-hmm. They wanted to sign me, but I didn't want to play in League Two. So I, I had an amazing relationship with Kevin Blackwell, which I'm still talking these days. Uh, always when they win or even when they lose, you know, I text him saying, come on, go, fuck it, going. This is the way, blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. After that, my friend, I received a call from the U.S. So it was Kansas City. Uh, they were looking for a left back, but for the season, uh, after, for the you know, because the, you, in, in the MLS, it was the nearly the end of the season. Yeah. They were nearly like maybe three, four games to go and all plus the playoffs. And what happened was the coach said to me, I, I want to I see you, uh, but you have to cover your coast. I said, come on, man, are you kidding me? <laughs> Oh, but listen, to be fair with you, you know when when you speak with somebody that they don't believe because I was 30 years old and they they were thinking like, nah, this guy, he didn't play much in the last two years and he must be like dead, physically and mentally dead. I say, okay, Gaffa, no problem. But when you see me and if you sign me, you are going to pay me my money back. He said, okay, I like that. So I went over there, Rich, and... He said to me, he wanted to see me during two weeks. And after the third day, he said, I want to sign you, but for now. So this is what happened. Uh, they had to offer me a 36,000 pounds contract for this for these two months of competition because in the way that they, they work in the, in the MLS is really difficult. So uh, it's, it, was, it was difficult. And then I... I signed at, until the end of the season. He said, I promise you that when we finish the season, I'm going to offer you a new deal. So this is what happened, man. Uh, I was really happy, really pleased. They love me. They prepare everything for next season at the moment, like the visa and everything. So I couldn't make my debut because I wasn't fit to play games. But I was involved in the semifinals and in the final I was on the bench, you know. So it makes, and also we won, we won championship. We won the, 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 the whole tournament. So it makes me feel really, really good. Back on track, feeling amazing physically and mentally again. So they offered me a shit contract, my friend. <laughs> so this is the reason. They offered me a three years deal and they wanted to pay me $90,000, which it sounds great. Like you say, okay, $90,000. But after tax, it was like 65000 I got family. I had to pay insurances. I had to buy flies. I didn't have a car. I didn't have an apartment. 
you know, and uh, it wasn't enough. And to be fair with you, I had because I didn't I didn't want my agent to spoke with the gaffer because I wanted to stay as a gaffer. I'm not asking for two thousand hundred, but at least you can pay me maybe one twenty, one thirty thousand to 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 live a little bit. And he went, oh, Fede, this is out of our budget. I said, okay, Gaffa, no worries. And then that was in in January, at the end of January, because uh, they started the precision on the 26th of January. And finally, I said no. And then I went back to the UK and Millwall, they were looking for a left back. So I was fit. And, and Ian Holloway was the coach and he liked the Spanish style. So he said to my agent, come on, bring him in. I went there. Uh, trained for one week. I played a reserve game because they wanted to see me in a full game. Mm. And he said, listen, mate, you can do great things with me. So that was the story with Millwall. I resigned there for until the end of the season. So it was half February, uh, March and April because the, the season they finished in the 3rd of May. So um, he, the gaffer said, if you play five games at that, in that period... I'm going to resign you automatically. I made my debut against Bansley, okay? Mm-hmm. And I played I played and that in that in that game I played 20 minutes and then the next game I played I think it was 70 minutes at Blackpool. Okay? I started I started 11. But what happened was my friend uh, lucky me that after 10 minutes playing I I twist my ankle and I I just smash my ligaments but I still playing with the pain and after 70 minutes I had to say listen me I cannot walk so I had my ankle like volleyball ball you know and I've been there and that that, that was my experience with Millwall man like three games I want I had to play three more games to resign another you know contact in championship which was great for me to re, you know, to stay again on track. But listen, unfortunately, again, injuries. I say, come on, man. What what is going on with me, man? How is it possible that every time that I have to do something important, something I something is is wrong? So uh, finally, I said, no more. I'm go- I'm going home. This is the last. And then I decide to finish. So that was in May. I, I fi- and I finish football. Mm-hmm. I finish. Barucci's corner and Ritchie coming in. Matt Ritchie strikes again for Swindon Town. And he had to say they deserve to be level. Without a doubt. I said earlier that man could have a part in getting them back into the game. He's been the best player, He's been the most inventive, creative player possibly on the pitch. But again, a set piece that wasn't defended particularly well, you have to say. I think he's injured himself on the way down there, the manager. Got right at the bottom of that rut. And, I, I, and then at that moment, I start to building my, my company that I've got now, which is a little company like I'm doing, bringing um, Spanish people to the UK, making tours you know, like uh, campus weeks. And then also I'm bringing people from the UK to, to Spain or from India, from China, uh, from Latvia. I got different contacts and this is what I'm doing now. So at that moment, I start thinking on that. And then what happened was I had a friend, Manolo Marquez, that maybe last season, no, the season before he was at Las Palmas, you know, the coach of Las Palmas. 
Manolo Márquez, he was training at El Prat. So he rang me. Hey, Fede, how are you? Let's go for a coffee. Blah, blah, blah. What are you thinking? No, 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 guys, listen. I just, you know, I just want to stay with my family uh, and do business, you know. Mm. So finally, he convinced me to go and train. So I started training Monday to Friday training and then weekend off. So that was uh, the first the first season, you know. And then in pre-season, he rang me again. Fede, come on, man. You are like a plane. You are flying. I need you to, you know, I, I want to get promoted this season and I need you. I need you because I need a leadership. I need, you know, a player like you in the dressing room. I know you so for, for so many years, blah, 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 blah. So finally, reach because I love so much. And to be fair with you, I miss I miss to play. You know, I miss the competition, and and this is what I've done all my life. So I spoke with my wife, and I said, "Listen, darling, I think I'm gonna go back." And then she said, "Come on, then. This is just 10 minutes from home. Is the 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 schedule is is perfect. I just decide to go back there. And listen, we got we we won the league that season." Uh, we got promoted to Segunda B, and I only had a little injury that season, you know, in my in my hamstrings. But um, it was great. I played that 30 games, man. I never played 30 games in one season, my friend. <laughs> you know, so I, I, you know, I, I was really happy, and uh, I went like, you know, again, we went, we went, got promoted, and then the, the season after, again, I played 32 games in Segunda B against Barcelona B, Villarreal B. I was competing amazing. Physically, mentally, I was really, really good. I had the opportunity to go to another team in Segunda B, but I wanted to stay in El Prat because they give me, you know, that confidence back, that chance back to, to feel this way. So, I became captain after that, and that that was my 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 comeback, you know, yeah. to in, in football. And as a, someone who was over thirty at this stage, playing against Barcelona and uh, Spaniels and Villarreal's uh, development yeah. teams, were you kicking them? <laughs> I remember, I remember, Rich. Uh, I promise you. That's why I said to you when I when I played for Barcelona and I was young and I used to play against people like me. When I went to to play to Espanyol B. I play 80 games with Espanyol being two seasons, and I, and they still playing what I used to play. So I, I I felt in love, you know, with football again. And I remember when I used to be young, and these lads they were so quick, man, you know. And I remember my wife and my my family, they were in the stand, and that I could hear like people they shouting on me, oh look at look at this guy, how old he is. How old could he, he he could be, you know? And I remember, you know, the same when I I used to be in the other side, man. So it makes me it makes me feel very old, man, playing against these lads. <laughs> well, in yeah. late 2018, uh, you uh, a, a new revolution, really, and that was mm. signing for FC Andorra, and they play in the Primera Catalana, which is the fifth 
tier of Spanish football. There's lots of Barcelona links here, as the manager is um, Gabri, I believe, uh-huh. and um, he used mm-hmm. to play for Barcelona and Spain briefly. And the club is, has recently been taken over by Cosmos Holdings. And as you said earlier on, the co-founder of that is Gerard Piquet. So, mm-hmm. how are you finding this? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a drive from where where you're based, so it's not ten minutes down the road anymore. Yeah. What are you helping Andorra achieve in the latter stages of your career? Well, the thing is, like I said to you, I'm a freak of football, you know. And and to be fair, also, I was really happy in El Prat when I've been four years and a half. And I wanted to retire myself over there. You know, I'm getting my badges now and I was drinking in, in maybe to play this season and maybe the next season and then finish my career. But what happened was, Rich... They rang me. As you said, I, I used to play in Barcelona, you know, they know me in there. Piqué knows me that I'm a competitive guy. So they, his, uh, his guy, which is in charge now, rang me. Also, I got, um, I don't know if you follow the team, but I, I'm playing here with Ruben, Ruben Bover. Yeah, that he used to play. Yeah. yeah. So we used to play together at Charlton when he was a young fella, mm-hmm. when I went on loan. And we became friends, you know, from that time. And then he signed first here in December. And as I rang him and I said to him, I spoke with him by FaceTime. I said, what are you doing in here, man? This is Primera Catalana. You are going to die here. So he said to me, listen, mate, you need to come over. And then because he, uh, he explained to me the, the whole story, you know, I didn't know anything. And then after that, uh, two days after, he said to me, sorry, coming back to this conversation, he asked me, would you like to come? here because he explained to me the project the ideas that they got the people that he was involved and the things that they wanted to do and two days after so i said yeah maybe what uh, what's the standard you know what they can offer me you know i got a family here two kids my wife has a, a job here so um, this guy rang me his name is uh, jauma he's a great guy by the way he rang me saying listen fede i spoke with ruben he said to me that uh, maybe you would be interested to come over. Uh, what do you think? I said, okay. He explained a little bit also about the idea of the project, that they, this is what I'm going to do, this is what we want to do. You know, Gerard Piquet is in here with Messi and Fabregas. They want to invest in that in that club because they think there is um, an opportunity here, blah, 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 blah. And that convinced me, my friend, because they were like, 15 points from the top of the league, you know, mm-hmm. and when they say to me that they, the idea was that this season they want to get promoted, I was thinking, listen, this is impossible. Uh, even if we sign Messi, we are, we are, we are not going to be able to reach, at that moment, Mandresa was the, the top of the league. So, well, they convinced me, they make me a good offer to be fair with you, not only just as a football player, if not after that, that, uh, that, you know, I'm 35 years old and also I need to think in my future. So if I have to move my wife, which she's, he, she's working as a teacher in Barcelona, my kids, they are in a great school. And, you know, if I have to move all these things, uh, it has to be something nice. So, you know, I spoke with my wife again. I said, darling, what do you think? Should we try? No, we stay here. And then my wife, she said, come on, let's try. Why not? So um, that's the reason, my man, to, that, that I'm here. Also, obviously, Ruben helps a lot. 
because like I said to you, we, we are really good friends. And, and the, the idea that they got, the project that they got in here uh, is something crazy. And I can prove now after three months that we have been here, uh, everything is true, you know, because in, in, the, in this case, you know, sometimes uh, people, they ring you, they explain to you, we want to do this, we want to do that, we're going to pay you this. And, you know, most of the, the, the people after they disappear. And and I'm really glad and I'm really happy uh, to have met these people because uh, they are amazing people, man. Looking after us like a professional, like you said, the coach, uh, you know, Gabri and Jurquera, which he used to be goalkeeper in uh, Barcelona, Albert Jurquera. Mm. They are um, amazing guys, even after their experiences as a player, as a coaches. They are great guys, uh, really friendly, really close to the players. Um, you know, and and the players, the standard that we have in here, um, the lads that we came uh, with, like seven, eight new players, they are great players. Uh, and the lads that they were here, maybe the level is not the best, but the thing is, they are hungry, man. They are hungry. And because they are hungry and they are great lads, uh, we in the dressing room, it's, it's been amazing. And what we have done already, for me, is is something incredible. We were 16 points from the top of the league, and now if we win uh, on Sunday, we can be second on the league. My final question is: So you've got your business; it's all going well by the sounds of it. What does the future hold for Fede Bassoni? Well, uh, to be to be fair with you, Rich, I wanna I wanna play as much as I can mm. uh, because I love this game and. Uh, for example, now I pick a, a little injury on my groin, and I've been the last two weeks I couldn't play. And watching the game from the stand, man, uh, is you know, it's killing me. It's killing me. I want to be involved. I want to help. I want to play. And to be fair with you, I've, I, I, I'm feeling very well, but uh, I, I just would like to play this season and next season, which is my contract. And then later on, I, I, I need to see how, how I'm feeling. You know, uh, what I don't want to do is stay in a football pitch and play in two games and pick up an injury, three games off. Uh, play again, uh, play another game and pick up another injury. You know, I don't want to do that because I just want to finish mm-hmm. like, like I'm playing now, you know. Um, I'm feeling well, I'm feeling strong mentally, physically, I'm really well. So this is the the way that I wanna I would like to finish, and then later on uh, there is so many things to do in here in Andorra. You know they give me uh, options. Um, one of the options is to to stay with the with, as a coordinator in the in the base, um, or uh, being coaching. Uh, at the minute I I'm not gonna do anything until when I finish because. If not, I'm not going to have time to, to enjoy with my family. And I think uh, the, I will have time to, to do it when I when I retire from football, you know. Mm-hmm. So now uh, I want to enjoy playing. And then when my body says enough, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down with these guys, which I have an amazing relationship and, and I love them and, and I can feel that they love me. Uh, we are gonna do something together here. So I'm I'm really happy to to take this opportunity because I can see my future 
um, you know, in a in in a good situation. Fantastic, and it's it's really good that you're you've had, you've had several sort of bumps in the road, and you've managed to dust yourself off and keep playing football, which is ultimately all you've ever wanted to do. So that's that's amazing, and on that, that's all I've got. So. Fede, thank you very much for taking part. No, man, it's a pleasure. Below Strangers is an independent Swindon Town fan podcast. The music was expertly created by Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by the super-talented John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Dean Parrot The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.